up to Proteus Bicycle's bright green storefront, you are met by employees who are not only trying to get you on a bike, but to become a part of their community. The owner of Proteus Bicycle's, Lori Lemieux, understands this sense of community better than anyone else, and it's because she was a customer at Proteus for years before taking on ownership of the store. Under her leadership, Proteus was awarded Best Bike Shop and Best Social Ride by the Washington Area Bicyclists Association in 2016. Lori continues to foster this social sense of community by hosting community-focused rides and destination rides to coffee shops and restaurants in D.C. She also hosts weekly potlucks and maintenance classes aimed at educating customers on how easy it can be to take your bike to work. Lori brings a positive energy to Proteus, and she's passionate about getting people on their bikes and exploring their communities. For Community Voice, I'm Katherine Brzezowski. Great. So we have the Proteus Bicycles team from the Maryland chapter on the line. Hey guys, how are you guys doing? Great. How are you? Doing well. Cool. So, so who do we have on the other line? If you guys could kind of just go through, introduce yourselves. Obviously, you know, we, know, we know where you go to school. But if you guys could talk about, you know, year, major, why you got involved in CYC, and then, you know, kind of an interesting fact about yourself, that would be great. Uh, sure. I'll start. I'm Nick Janiscoli. I'm a sophomore here. Double major in supply chain management and operations management. And I, don't know, I think I joined CYC just because it would actually give me some real world experience versus just like the classroom stuff that we learned. And one fun fact about myself is that I once ate four large Chick-fil-A milkshakes in one sitting. Cool. So thank you, Nick. My name is Ankit Shet. I am a freshman here at College Park. I am studying finance and I'm minoring in human development and education. I joined CYC because of the community that they've established within the business school and around the university itself. I wanted to be a part of teams with you know, people of all different majors, backgrounds, and mindsets, and in my encounters with people of CYC, I learned that that's what they were really promoting. And I definitely got that experience through our meetings. A fun fact about me is that I recently joined a tango class and can tango pretty proficiently now. All right, and I'm Fiona. I'm a freshman public health science and economics double major. And I joined CYC because I really wanted the chance to take a lot of the business concepts, economics concepts I learned in class and be able to actually apply it to a company in the local community because I just wanted that chance to really feel like I was making an impact with the stuff that I learned and hopefully try to improve the local surrounding community. And a fun fact about me would be that I can trapeze. Okay, yeah, those are great. I I like the first one, by the way. I think... The latter two, you guys kind of went into like, you know, I'm doing good extracurriculars or I'm, you know, in shape or flexible. Whereas the first one was like, I can just down Chick-fil-A milkshakes and I'm pretty proud of it. And that's, I think that's, that's fantastic. That's good. Uh, Cool. So guys, let's get right into the, the engagement here. So you worked with Proteus Bicycles. Tell me a little bit about their story. And for everyone listening, you should really check out, these guys have an amazing website, a really kind of top of the line, awesome website. But but why don't you guys kind of give me just a quick rundown. Proteus Bicycles, what do they do? When were they founded? What's the story? Sure. So Proteus Bikes is almost like a little, it's kind of like a monument around here in College Park. It was founded in 1972. 
And it's still in the same location. It's still in that same facility. And it's changed ownership a couple of times. And it recently changed ownership uh, around 2012. The last two owners left. And they transferred it to our client, uh, Lori Lemieux. And Lori's great. She used to be a nursing professor. And she's been so great to us. She's super nice, very sweet. very. She communicates with us all the time. And that's pretty much about Proteus. I mean, Ankit, do you have anything else? Yeah, so Proteus is really integrated within the community that's part of. So here in College Park, we have a we have the main street called Route 1. And, you know, we have a lot of small shops, a lot of mom and pop shops where people, you know, are developing a community with the people they're with. And Proteus latched on to this College Park community and made the most of it. Lori actually invited us to one of her potlucks and we were able to interact with some of our customers who've been going to Proteus for the last 30 to 40 years. You know, they go there to shop, they go there to have a good time with their buddies, and they also go there to go on bike rides around DC because we are really close to the city. So Proteus has definitely been a really cool experience. Great. So let's jump into a little bit there and unpack that. So you said that you know, Proteus is is a reflection of the community that it's within and has been kind of a mainstay for 40 years now. So so I remember looking on their website that, you know, Thursday nights, I, th- I think it was like we were open late or we stay open late. Is that is that kind of the potluck that you were talking about? So what do they do to kind of infuse themselves with the community? Yeah, absolutely. So Thursday nights is when they do hold the potlucks. And so they stay open late. Everyone brings, you know, we had guac and these amazing brownies. Uh, and everyone just kind of hangs out, gets to know each other, and just talks about any future bike rides or plans that they may have. And in the interactions that we had with a lot of the customers, you know, we had the same question. We asked them, how'd you first get involved? Why'd you first start coming to these activities, to these potlucks? And most of them said the same thing that Lori, even the owner, said um, about when she first got involved with Proteus. And it was this whole concept about, you know, you come in, you buy a bike, you get a bike repaired, and you just start talking to the people that work there. And they're also so friendly that, you know, these people say, okay, yeah, I'll come back for one weekend bike ride. And then they, you know, enjoy it so much that they just keep returning. So I feel like it's the welcoming atmosphere that they really try to build at Proteus that draws people in when they're first customers and then keeps them coming back for these events. Is bicycle riding, is that a generational thing? I mean, it are they getting a lot of, you know, Maryland students or is it kind of what are what's kind of the breakdown of, of their customer? Like who are their customers? Yeah. So mainly the people that go to their shop are older and because they tend to be more recreational bikers that will try to buy these more high purposely for going on these long bike rides. While we've seen through a survey that we conducted at the University of Maryland with the students that most of the kids here are more inclined to buy just used bikes, the cheapest kind pretty much because they just want to be able to get around campus faster. So we really don't see people buying bikes as students to ride them recreationally. So University of Maryland students really aren't her target market. She's more looking at people who are really ingrained locally, who go recreational biking all the time, and who want to find these other bikers to bike with. Yeah, and to add on to that, we we learned that a lot of students, you know, they do enjoy biking. We learned that we do have a pretty strong biking population around the college, which kind of proves that it might not be generational. It's just based off of purpose. Students here are just trying to get to class on time, get to class faster rather than going, you know, 20 to 30 miles into the city or onto these scenic trails every week. So I think that, you know, Proteus is definitely tailored and um, 
has made itself known to this older community of people who are definitely looking for more specific bikes that fit their needs and bikes that would really, you know, complement their riding style. But I think that, you know, that biking nature does start in college with going biking. And I feel that, you know, once you're out of college, I would think that that's something that they continue to do. And that's when they get into this, which are, you know, so close to the university and, you know, they're really able to get in tune with the community. Yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like they've kind of built this almost bike culture and you know you have you have fanatics so to say and and then obviously you also have people who out of utility might want to use a bike or, or just to i guess chill out one of the things that you know i i would think is especially in college so i i went to school in new york city and, and currently live and we have city bikes and and you basically just go and swipe a, a card and, and get a bike and a lot of people are using it to go to work and you know it might not be as efficient as a subway but i, I think just the aspect of biking, being out in fresh air, going through a park like Central Park, or I, I think that that allows people to kind of engage their area a lot more and their city a lot more than taking an Uber or, you know, public transportation. Is that something that, I mean, is there a park nearby? Where do most people bike in, in this area? We do have a main trail system called the Paint Branch Trail. And so that takes you around uh, town and it takes you around like lakes. And so there's, there's pretty scenic routes. I know I personally run those a lot. So I can say from, from experience that they're really nice. And it's a nice way to kind of break off from the bustle of the main street. And so that's where most people will bike if they try to do it more for like recreational purposes. There's also trails that go um, up more towards D.C. I know a lot of people take bike rides towards like Vigilante Coffee or other bike shops around town. But a lot of the like longer ones that people will do will be into the city. Yeah. And we also are, you know, with our close proximity, we also have the CNO Canal, which is a really nice bike ride. You know, it spans through Maryland, a little bit into Virginia and also Washington, D.C. So a lot of these, you know, bikers will start off and you know, bike to D.C., get onto the CNO Canal, be able to bike by the Potomac River, which is a beautiful scenic route. I'm not sure if you've been, but it's definitely worth going to. And, you know, they'll able to pass through the city and then go on a little bit into the suburbs come back and it could be as long as you want it to be it could be 20 or 30 miles some we heard stories about them going 60 to 70 miles so you know there's definitely the ability to do as you please cool and is it kind of a a razor model where you know you, you sell someone the the razor with the intent cheaper and then you have the intent of them buying razor blades, but but more so you sell someone a bike and then they'll need to service it over time. You know, is that kind of how the business model is is structured or what's kind of their main, you know, I assume they have a lot of, they have the service aspect, they also sell or distribute fine bikes, luxury, nice bikes, but you know, what what's kind of the main lines of business that, that they do? Yeah, sure. So right now, Proteus kind of focuses on selling some of the mid to higher end bikes. And obviously, they do, they do repairs as well, but their intent is not for your bike to wear out and then come back. They like to sell those high quality back, uh, bikes and then have you ride it for years to come. And actually, that is what Lori wanted us to work on for our engagement, trying to find new revenue streams that would actually kind of stabilize her income year round. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. That great grid. That was a, a really great one, actually. So let's talk about that. So she asked you to do that. You guys put your minds together. 
what were some kind of general ideas to, to figure out new revenue streams? How did you go about thinking about it? What were some ideas? Uh, and then and then what did you end up kind of going with or, or walk me through that process? So when we first talked with Lori uh, about, you know, discussing this problem of stabilizing revenue year round, uh, one of the main ideas she had was a beverage station because she said that a lot of the time people don't go into bike shops in the winter to buy bikes because, you know, people aren't going outside as much. But she wanted a way to really use the customer base that she has and the dedicated customers that keep coming back and try to generate revenue when they visit. And so her idea was a beverage station, whether that be, you know, smoothies, coffee, beer, something that people could drink after a bike ride or after just a community event. And so, you know, we looked into that as well as looking at other sources of revenue that could try to bring people into the shop. Yeah. And, you know, the the beverage station was was a great idea that she had. And we definitely looked into it. We did some more scoping. We talked to some of our customers and we were validated in that the customers do want a place where they can hang out after a bike ride or on a cold Thursday night when it's snowing outside. And, you know, you just want to hang out with your friends and the people that you care about. And, you know, Lori was definitely trying to create that type of environment with Proteus. We also were able to look a little bit deeper into what it means to be a community spot. You know, what are people in the community looking for? And what we found, they want to look for a nice place they can get together and, you know, be relaxed. So we were thinking of various ideas in terms of maybe starting a movie night, you know, every other week in order to get some of the people and their kids out there just to watch a family movie. Maybe we have a nice lounge area where people can, you know, sit down, relax, talk about biking, talk about other things on a more consistent basis rather than just that Thursday night. And, you know, when we went to the potluck on that Thursday night, it was cold outside. You know, it wasn't really weather that people bike in, but there were still, I would say, around 10 to 15 people out there who were, you know, talking about their experiences. They were sharing different stories they had while biking. And, you know, in our hour and a half there, we learned so much about the customer base and it was just really valuable information. So our scoping definitely led us into figuring out different possibilities in terms of how we can attract more of the community into the bike shop and use the bike shop for more than just bikes, but also a place where people can, you know, sit down on a cold winter day and just have a good time. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It's almost as if you're trying to, and it sounds like succeeding, build out a community with kind of this one constant interest and, and the interest could almost be be anything but the fact that you know they all kind of come together with the one defining constant of being interested in biking and and using that as almost like an icebreaker and building kind of a group out of that. I think that's a really, really interesting idea. And then another thing I wanted to ask you guys. So so you said you learned a lot at this potlock. Can can you tell me a little bit more detail, you know, who came up with the idea of, I'm assuming it was it was probably Lori, but, you know, what was the genesis of that? How long has it been going on? And then kind of walk me through what it's like and what are some things that, you know, another small business that be trying to build out a community, but use from that to, to, you know, do a similar thing with their customers. It's, you know, showing appreciation. And what are some kind of pluses that, that you guys saw in Proteus's potlucks? Yeah. So when we talked to Lori, I believe she said that the potlucks actually started before she became an owner, which was only a few years ago. And she tried to continue the tradition to really bring people together and create that welcoming atmosphere that first brought her into the store. And so when we visited, 
it was just really interesting to see these people, you know, spending a Thursday night to, you know, they voluntarily come into this store. And for some reason or another, they had this history with Proteus that they had come in and been welcomed in that sense. And I think something that really stood out to me was the fact that everyone brought food. I thought that was such a family atmosphere that they were trying to build. There definitely wasn't anything like trying to sell products or generate revenue off the event. It was just clearly building that community involvement. And, you know, you have these people who come every single week who bring their friends and it really helps them build that community involvement, get people to come out to these events and then continue to come out. Yeah, I think what really like separates the atmosphere at Proteus from other places where you know you might have this community engagement is the fact that Proteus isn't just looking to make money off of all its customers. Proteus is looking to establish relationships, and these relationships become friendships really quickly, is what we've noticed. What really stuck out to us was that, like, while she is looking to build a customer base, she is looking to figure out a way to get consistent revenue throughout the year. She's also looking for more opportunities to be able to network within her community. You know, Lori does a lot of talking to local business owners. She there's there's a coffee shop in College Park called Vigilante Coffee and she she knows the you know the owner of that coffee shop and she does a lot of just understanding her community and you know really learning a little bit more about small business owners want that way she could create an atmosphere of produce that's conducive to the conversation. So I think what really set them apart was definitely the fact that they were just looking to, you know, figure out a way to help you. And if that meant, you know, not buying bike bicycle parts and just having a great conversation, then so be it. She was okay with that. Yeah, I think there are a lot of, you know, positive externalities that, that come out of that. And and you know, maybe through through word of mouth to future customers as well. But but it's almost something where you're right, it gets tainted the more and more you you know, make one thing your priority over over the building, the community involvement. Because I think I think consumers nowadays are are very keyed in and, and definitely, you know, our generation, so to say, but I think consumers more broadly are very keyed in on, okay, but what is the intention here? You know, why are you doing this? And and that's great that, you know, Proteus is able to kind of, you know, step above that. So I want to ask you guys two questions that, you know, hopefully if, if you didn't do research on it for this engagement, then it would be really interesting just to see through your experience of doing this engagement, what your thoughts are. Uh, so question number one, in the area, so, you know, Baltimore, College Park, D.C. kind of area that you guys are broadly situated in, you know, how do you think just from working with Proteus, just from that, that small window into the economy, right, just working with a small business, and I guess, you know, Lori sounds very connected as well to the community but you know what do you think the consumer in those areas is looking for in a small business or in a company uh yeah sure i think a lot of consumers especially around here because it's so close to the college campus i think that they're looking for kind of that social aspect to the business because you know a lot of college kids want places to go as do a lot of the, the townspeople. And just off the top of my head, I can think of another place. Um, it's a place called the Board and Brew. And we're kind of trying to imitate their model there because they are a coffee shop that also allows you to play board games while you're there. So we kind of take inspiration from that model to kind of apply it to Proteus and allow the bike goers to maybe purchase drinks after their bike ride and kind of create a lounge area where they can just relax and socialize. 
And to add on, I guess, what we're really looking at here is, you know, being close to DC has its perks. And that means that you know, people here are really in tune with, with what's going on. You know, there's a, there are a lot of conversations always going on. And, you know, we want to capitalize on those conversations. We think that the fact that there are town halls currently in College Park, that, you know, people do want a place to interact with each other in order to talk about issues that are relevant to them, you know, things and topics around the College Park, DC, national community that, you know, you would love to talk about with people, but you don't really get the opportunity to. And, you know, you definitely see that with a lot of these stories here. You know, as Nick mentioned, the Board and Brew is a great, great place, but we also have other shops where you can get bubble tea and play some games. You can, uh, we have other shops where, you know, people have books and coffee and other things where, you know, you're doing a lot in order to really like get that community feel. Yeah, I, I definitely think there's a big trend towards customers wanting more than just a transactional relationship with these shots. I think they want more of that relational kind of view. And I think that's where Proteus really excels because, you know, everyone that shops at Proteus, whether it be one time or 10 times, they know Lori, they know her face, and they all love her. And I think that's definitely a big draw for them to keep coming back is because, you know, they know who owns it. She's like a fixture there and they enjoy every interaction they have with her. I think that's where Proteus really has all their experience and what they should really capitalize on. Yeah, it's, that's one thing I've always found that, you know, small businesses especially, and, and it's it's very hard, you know, how quickly things I think move today, especially with growth. And But that's one thing I think small businesses have that's an advantage over obviously large in, in just that they, they have a personality that is that is extremely difficult to replicate over social media, television, you know, just being there and, and being kind of in the front and knowing people and to know that, you know, the owner of the business that you're, you know, you're speaking to them, you're involved with them, they care about you, they care about your the product that you're involved with. I, I think that goes, you know, a very long way. And it's and as companies grow, I think I think they struggle to kind of maintain that same, you know, ethos and personality that that they had. And and yeah, so I, I want to take, you know, that comment that you had said that being in the kind of DC area, especially, you know, in the very politically charged environment that we're currently in. And yeah, I'll leave it at that. You know, I, I assume that there's a lot of people who want to get together and, and kind of talk about what's going on, you know, very close proximity. So these places that kind of allow this community gathering, you know, that's that's something that that really endears itself to to success with customers. So going to the other side of that. So that's what the consumer is looking for in this area. You know, and that, and that's something small businesses in the area can kind of focus on and hit on, and I think broadly across the United States. But you know, what are some struggles that you think impact small businesses, maybe specifically to your geographic area? And then, and then, what are some you know issues that small businesses have to face that you think maybe might be more broad in nature? I think one of the main things that we've observed, even as students here at University of Maryland. That's a big issue in College Park is gentrification. It's something that Lori has definitely talked about as something that's affected her because you see a lot of these other stores coming up that, you know, have these really nice facilities, this, these really nice large new shopping centers. And so it's hard for these more institutionalized stores to compete because, you know, they've been here for decades. And, you know, their stores might be a little bit more run down. The location might not be as optimal. And so it's become really difficult for them to try to differentiate themselves when they have all these new 
stores popping up. I know we have, you know, this huge new complex with the Whole Foods right down the street. And so you definitely see this move towards a lot more of these chain stores trying to find that real estate in College Park. And so it's definitely become a lot more of a competition over these past few years. And to add on to that, you know, when you walk into Lori's store, you know, there's a distinct smell. It smells like bikes. And uh, that's a, it's a really cool smell because you feel like you're in a garage, you know, you feel like you're in a place where things are happening, where bikes are being fixed, where bikes are being spun. You know, there's a lot going on. And that's, you know, that type of environment and that, that aura is not really present in a lot of these gentrified locations. They all have a really similar vibe because they're built at the same time. And, you know, another challenge that small business owners face is being able to market themselves as this unique location, you know, not as another shop that popped up in College Park in 2017, but as a shop that's been here and that's been a part of the culture and been a part of the history, as a shop that was founded by, you know, two Terps, two former University of Maryland students. And that, the marketing aspect of that is also really difficult because small businesses don't really have, you know, these really large budgets to be able to market. And you know, it's, it's really hard to stay in tune with the changing marketing tools. So I think that, you know, the gentrification has contributed to a problem in terms of marketing that many small businesses face as well. Yeah, I, I think that, and this is something that, that's happening on kind of the two coasts in Chicago as well. You know, you're seeing in large kind of urban metropolitan areas, you know, you're losing a lot of the character of these blocks, which, you know, that sort of diversity, I think really, really kind of is what made the city really interesting and fun and dynamic to live in, in the first place. And, and as, you know, blocks start to look similar to one, you know, you have a, a, not to, not to say anything bad about Whole Foods, but you know, you have Starbucks on every block, a, a Whole Foods, you know, you, you start to lose kind of that, that character and that neighborhood and that, that community aspect to it to some extent. I also really, you know, enjoyed the image because I think you're, you're spot on when you walk into certain businesses just the craft of that business and and you're right even just being there smelling the rubber i'm assuming and the work going on you know those sorts of environments that's that's what the company's character is it's a a unique and um in some ways idiosyncratic to that locate but it that's just kind of the the experience and i and i think that's something that you know small businesses have and have to offer and i think more broadly and and you guys are kind of hinting at this you know, we should we should maybe think twice about losing that because I, I think you know something kind of more powerful we anticipate will be lost if we continue to allow that process to occur. On on the other hand, you can also use that right to help a small business in terms of an advantage. You know, we're not just like one of the other guys. Have you guys kind of thought? Was that something that that you kind of worked on in this engagement, or if not, you guys kind of thought about different ways to to market that? And I know you pointed out. It's much harder for small businesses to keep up with marketing and and Twitter and you know although Proteus they're very active on Twitter and and that's great but you know is there a way to kind of market that and make what seems like a disadvantage more of an advantage? I definitely think that Proteus has really capitalized on differentiating itself. Uh, they actually recently got an award that they were the best bike shop in the D.C. area, which is we definitely owe to 
you know, their community involvement, their ability to really mobilize people on social media. So I think, you know, with their current customer base, they've done a really great job at keeping them and showing them, you know, we're not just a place you come in and get a bike. It's not, we're not just a place you come in and get repairs. We're a bike shop that's serving that community and we're here for you guys. And we've been here for a long time and we're not going anywhere. Yeah, I think like in the in the age of social media, you know, it's easy to get caught up in having a very up-to-date Facebook page, Twitter page, Snapchat handle, Instagram. You know, I can name name all of them. But I, I think what you know Lori does really well is she understands who her customers are. And you know, her customers might not be frequenting Snapchat, but they probably are on Facebook. And she definitely makes sure that the platform that the customers are interacting with is up to date and it's organized and she communicates well. You know, I know we send Lori emails and we'll get responses back in like an hour or so. It's it's really fast turnaround time, which makes working with her really enjoyable. Yeah, that's great. I don't even use Snapchat. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know if, if that is something that I guess I, I graduated, I think, two years ago. But I guess a lot of people in my age group do, and I might just be an outlier there. But that's really interesting. And, and I, think, I think you're right. Um, you know, that understanding almost very holistic understanding of the customer is what can, can kind of separate and does separate, I think, I think her business. Great. So, so guys kind of towards the end here, I really want to get, you know, a, a take on what were your final, I guess, deliverables or, or if they've happened yet. And then what was the reception and kind of what was the story so far after you guys kind of made those final deliverables? Yeah, so our final deliverables are currently in the work. What we were able to do was survey over 100 students and some of her most loyal customers to develop a proposal that we're going to be pitching to Lori in the next 12 hours, actually. So yeah, we're going to pitch that to Lori and then we're going to work with her in order to create models of what the lounge could look like or what a bar or like a drink station could look like within her store. We're going to model that for her and we're going to essentially give you know, give Lori like the full range of options of what she could do to bring in that additional revenue. And that's what we're really looking for in our final deliverable is, you know, she asked us to figure out how she could make money all throughout the year. And I think that we've done a lot of research into figuring that out. And through that research, we've come to the conclusion that, you know, there are a lot of family oriented, friend oriented activities and events that she could be hosting or partnering with in order to get this you know, awareness and not only for the retention, but for also for attraction. So, you know, our final deliverable will be definitely delving into working with Lori in order to implement some of the suggestions that we talked to you about. Got it. I, I feel like I just spoiled the anticipation of the, the meeting in 12 hours, but uh, there's no way the podcast will come out in time for her to hear it. So um, it will not, it will not be spoiled for, for tomorrow. Great. And then, and then guys, finally, What's been the most fulfilling part of the engagement for you? I just, I think talking to the three of you, I get a sense of not only advocacy for how important companies like Proteus Bicycles are to the community, which is, you know, something that I think we nationwide are are very supportive of. And, and that's kind of why CYC exists. I also get a sense that there's just a very genuine appreciation for Lori, what she's done and how much you guys have enjoyed, you know, kind of working and collaborating with her. So kind of that personality coming out. What For each of you, what, what's been the most fulfilling part of this, this engagement? 
I think for me, it kind of does goes along those lines of what you mentioned is, you know, this whole idea of don't just discount the small businesses, even when you see this big movement towards a lot of these chain stores. I think just being able to talk to Lori and hear her real passion that she has for biking and for serving her community through biking was just so inspiring. And I think it really makes me reflect on a lot of these more community-based uh, local stores, you know, that these owners have these real passions, these real interests, and they're trying to share it with people. And, you know, while chain stores are great, I think you really just can't forget the value that this passion comes from. And so for me, I think it just really gave me this like profound appreciation for these owners and these stores that, you know, have been here for so many years, have really served their communities and have these unique offerings for the people that they serve. I think what, so this was my first consulting project I've ever worked on. Yeah, I've only been in school for a couple of eight months now. But uh, I think that it was definitely rewarding to, you know, understand what it's like to think in someone else's shoes. So we did a lot of empathetic thinking of just, you know, what does Lori as the business owner, what do her customers, what does the community, what, do, what does everyone really want? What do they need? What are they looking for? What are the variables? And I think in order to truly understand that, you have to step into their shoes and understand where they're coming from, their perspectives, their backgrounds. And getting to that point with our client was something that was really rewarding. And I finally was able to understand what it's like to reach that level of connection with, you know, a professional who also cares and, and feels passionate about the topic that you care about as well. So definitely getting involved with our client, understanding what she's looking for, understanding where all the, who, the, who the stakeholders are in the situation was definitely something that was really important to me. Yeah, for me, I guess the most fulfilling part was probably kind of seeing how a real business is run. I have a big interest in entrepreneurship. So just seeing how a small business owner like Lori, actually manages her business day to day, you know, seeing their financials, seeing what they think are the best ways to market. Uh, I definitely thought that was extremely valuable because typically what I do in my program is propose a business plan. But it was interesting to see, you know, looking at Lori and her business plans basically come full circle and it's still going. I think, you know, I, I get the sense that this has been both extremely fulfilling and um, you know, it's, it's been something that, you know, has been informative in terms, you know, you're, you're able to kind of learn about your area, learn about what works kind of from a business standpoint. But then then that, that point that you made about empathy, um, I, I think is really, really interesting. And there's definitely, I think, a lack of empathy in because of things like we've talked about social media and uh, you can you can kind of become more anonymous to other people very easily. And it really seems like you know, definitely people like Lori and, and through her small business as well are, are rebuilding that to some extent. And you don't need to ride a bicycle in order to do that. But, but I think that's a great way to do it. So who doesn't love biking guys? It was great. It's great talking to you guys and, you know, best of luck at your presentation tomorrow. Thank you.